Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Spectrum. I'm your host, Jason Thayer, and each week I discuss topics related to Catholicism, autism, and pop culture. And this week, we're going to be dealing with a topic that... We're going to be dealing with the Catholicism aspect, because I haven't really done it that much outside of talking about the Chosen. I'm going to be debunking the myth that Catholics worship statues, and I might even discuss one of the most famous statues, the Infant of Prague. If you were to go to a Catholic church or a Protestant church, you would probably notice something right off the bat as ter- in terms of the differences between them. A Protestant church, unless it's Christmas time, will not have a statue anywhere. Christmas time is different because they got to have that nativity statue in there some I mean display in there somewhere, and that's the only time you can do it apparently. Whereas in the Catholic Church, you can have them up year-round. You could even have them up outside the church year-round. You'll, might, you'll, a common practice is to have the statue of whoever the church is named after, outside or inside even, or both. And I had to put up with, for the longest time, from both Protestants and atheists, because a lot of atheists grow up Christian, and the reason they become pro- they, the reason they become atheist is because they have to put up with abuse from either their own family or from Christians who aren't related to them or both. And they get these, and because they grew up Christian, they have to put up with. I mean, they have the preconceived notions that they grew up with about the way Christianity is practiced, including how Catholics are practiced, and a, and. Protestants will often tell you that the Catholicism is a cult or that Catholics aren't Christian for some reason or another. And one of the reasons that that you get is because we worship statues. So I'm going to explain why this is wrong. Now, one of the reasons that Protestants like to point out is, I mean, one of the things that Protestants like to point out is that we order the Ten Commandments. We have the Ten Commandments worded differently. We break up, I mean, we combine the Protestants' first two commandments into one, and we also break up the last two commandments. We do this because we feel that the name in vain thing is a, is a separate issue entirely from graving, from graving images. Excuse me. When we now and uh, they've also pointed out that one of the reasons they know we do it is because we bow to the statues, we kneel, we genuflect before them. When you bow to something, that doesn't necessarily mean you worship it. As someone who watches a lot of Japanese animation, I can tell you right I can tell you that bowing does not necessarily have anything to do with worship. Because in the Japanese cultures, they don't shake hands. They bow. Quite a bit for a greeting. When you see the king or queen of England, you bow or kneel before them. That doesn't necessarily mean you worship them. Even if you say you're worship when you're addressing them, you're still not worshiping them. 
I mean, yes, way back in BC times, it was common for a king to be, I mean, for a, for a king or queen to be worshipped. I mean, that's the pharaoh in the Egyptian culture was, right, I mean, was supposedly descended from God, and the same thing happened with other cultures as well. But we Christians did away with that, and we said that only God was supposed to be worshipped. That's an extent from Judaism. But you see, the Bible never says to not to have statues in the church. Wait a minute, you say, what about the graven images rule? Well, here's the thing. You can have a statue without, having, I mean, without paying homage to it. The Ark of the Covenant was adorned with cherubim. The cherubim were not meant to be worshipped, of course, but they serve a different purpose. They were there to remind us of heaven. The commandment against false idols doesn't say not to make a statue. It just says not to worship them. Our bowing is not worship. The Jews were not worshipping the cherubim. I want to point out that worship of false idols isn't limited to statues. So don't come at me about this. So I'm going to go off a little bit on a tangent here and talk about what else can constitute as worship of false idol. How about if you admire a celebrity? I'm not talking about, say, being a fan of Bruce Lee and then getting into martial art and then learning a martial art because you enjoy Bruce Lee movies. That's not the same thing. Because you're not worshipping Bruce Lee, you're just being inspired by what he did and you want to be that person. And you want to be just like him. So you go through, so you, de- so you dedicate your life to that sort of thing. I remember when Karate Kid was such a popular movie, there were a lot of kids who got into martial arts because of it. But let's talk about something else that's been happening a lot lately. In 2016, when Donald Trump was in, off, was in office, was running, actually. In fact, when he was running, they did this a lot, too. They put them on the same pedestal as Jesus. Now, they weren't bowing down and worshiping the great God Trump. No, they wouldn't get away. They, they wouldn't dare do that. But they would... But a common t-shirt you would see the Trump cult wearing is the famous Jesus is my God, Trump is my president shirt. You that doesn't come that that's a really subtle that's supposed to be a subtle way of saying that you're do that you're putting Trump on the same level as Jesus. You're not coming right out and saying it directly, but you might as well be. Protestant preachers were telling us that Trump was God's anointed president. No. Trump is not Trump was not supposed to be a king. Trump was supposed to be an elected representative. And another reason I say don't come at me about your graven images is sometime after Trump finally left office, they had a golden statue to him. And I'm never going to stop reminding you of that. Trump is the reason I no longer support the Republican Party. I mean, I was already on the fence about it before when George Bush did some of the stuff he did. And then when Barack Obama came to power, I was really starting to lean towards 
I mean, I was really starting to wish I had voted for him. You're, I mean, the idolatry is rampant in the Trump cult. A pastor has literally written a book that explicitly says that there are, there is, that Trump was predicted in the Bible somewhere. There is literally a Bible that has Federalist Papers, Constitutional Passages, The Works. That is definitely mixing up worship and I mean, worshiping false idols there. The Constitution should not be anywhere near a Bible. I mean, there's a First Amendment that says separation of church and state, and you people want to make it so that church and state are synonymous. Folks, we are always complaining. We are always pointing out that that's how Islam is done, and if we think it's wrong there. So why is it right for us to do it? Okay, let me get back on the... T- tangent here. Sorry about that. I just had to go on a rant because I want to show you that statues aren't the only way you can have an idol. Idol. So why do we even have statues if it's not to worship them? Well, they exist as reminders, not as objects of worship. Catholic apologists often bring up how we have photos of our family. I'm sure a lot of you do this. You keep around in a wallet, in your wallet of pictures of maybe your spouse, your family, your parents, your nephews, your aunts, uncles, whatever. They're to remind us of how we love and cherish them. When my dad died, my mom filled our house with photos of him. She didn't want to ever forget dad. I have posters of many things I like in my bedroom. Doctor Who, Transformers, superheroes, Jimi Hendrix. I also have some religious imagery in there too, in here as well. Does that mean that I worship Jimi Hendrix? That I worship Star Wars? That I want to be a Jedi? I'll admit, the Jedi were were and still are pretty cool, but I don't ever want to... But I wasn't about to adopt that as a religion. No, I have all these statues because these are things that are... These posters... Because these are things that are important to me. It's my pride in my identity as a nerd and also and in the case of the religious stuff, God's chosen children. I did this I do this to honor him. I honor so we honor the statues, but we don't worship them. The statues represent Jesus. They serve as reminders that he once dwelt among us. They give us a focal point for prayer. I kept I keep a sign that says guardian angel on duty because I like the idea of a guardian angel who watches over me at all times. I don't do it because I worship my guardian angel. I mean, I do so the, the prayer to the guardian angel is not the same thing at all. So let me give so I kind of ran out of script here because I didn't do it enough. Me because I didn't have the time to do it enough. So I got to look up my notes that I was going to have on the infant of Prague. And then I'll come right back to you.
One of the most famous statues in Christian in Catholicism is the infant of the child, is the infant of Prague, or the child, or the infant Jesus of Prague. It's so pop, it's so well known that you'll probably see replicas in your local Catholic churches. My church has one, for example, and we even go so far as to put robes on it that correspond to whatever church season it is. So, for example, this is Lent. So you're going to see a purple robe on him now. He, the way, let me explain what it looks like. It's a picture, it's a statue of the child Jesus. And it's called the Infant of Prague because it was originally found, because it was originally in Prague of the Czech, of what is now the Czech Republic. I can't say Czechoslovakia because, well, I'm keeping track, I mean, because I had to keep track of how times are different, and it's not been Czechoslovakia for many, many years. It's a 19-inch representation of the child Jesus carved out of wood and covered with linen, and the surface is molded in wax. And the statue has two fingers, kind of like what the Pope has. And it was a Thanksgiving gift by a noble Czech family for healing, I mean, for, their, for when their daughter was healed. And supposedly it wears a wig. My particular church doesn't have the wig on it. And like I said, they always adorn it in whatever colors the church is supposed to be using at the time. So when it's ordinary time, it wears green. When it's Lent, cat, I mean, Lent or Advent, it wears purple. When it's Christmas or Easter, it wears red or gold. And at the Immaculate Conception or other Marian Masses, it will be blue. And, it, and as I said, it's not just in, I mean, seen in the Czech Republic. You'll see it all over the place. You can buy replicas of it for your house. Excuse me. So now that we're done talking about that, why don't I go ahead and give you guys a preview of next week's topic? So next week, I'll be talking about the brown scapular. So let's go ahead and close the show. If you want to find past episodes of The Catholic Spectrum, you can find them on your favorite podcast app. Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can follow me on, you can contact me on my email address, RadicalEverageJWT at gmail.com. Normally you can find me on Facebook, but I'm not there right now because of Lint. You can follow me on Amino. I'm known as Rock Lobster. You can follow me on Discord. My handle is Radical Edward, hashtag 7592. The Radical is capitalized. There's a space. And then the Edward is capitalized as well. And remember, everyone, normal is just a sitting on the washing machine. We don't get to be normal. 
See you around.